something like Boston Joe or something. Yeah. And uh, he was like, screw all, like, I think the comment was like, mowing the lawn, screw all those guys, Aerosmith destroys all of them. <laughs> and they were laughing so hard, and they're like, you really are Boston trash. And then they get the guy on the phone, and then, and then he starts talking to them, making his case, and like, oh, you know what, I think you turn this around, I think you're right. And then Dan starts talking about how big ones, when he was in college, he listened yeah. to Aerosmith, big ones over and over again. <laughs> And Fuck then yeah. Big J started talking about the guitar solo and loving an elevator. <laughs> and uh, who are they talking about? Oh, they're listening to What It Takes. <laughs> and they started listening to this. They just turned to them listening to Aerosmith songs. It was my first concert. And, and Big J said something that made me like, I've been playing music for like fucking. My whole life. My whole life. And this You're is just, just from listening to rock my whole life. This move has been just bred into me. And it's something I've always done, but never thought about. Mm-hmm. And then Big J made fun of Steven Tyler for something that, that I do often. Right. And it made me like really question, like, I'm like, fuck doing it. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I just do it because I've heard other people do it. I've never really questioned whether I think it's cool or not, uh-huh. but it's the move where a guitar solo is what happened. They go, a guitar. <laughs> We're on. I, I, I wanted to bring that up. Speaking of that, I wanted to talk about the lay the la- latest Legion of Skanks controversy going yeah, on. Uh, I just Milo. finished. It. I just finally finished the whole episode. I just read what the controversy was about. Because <laughs> it's just I, about Milo being on, basically. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even really. I knew who Milo was when I saw him. Yeah, and even then, I was like, oh, this is just that really right wing. I didn't know yeah. know him. I was yeah. aware, I was aware of his presence before. Yeah, and then I read the whole thing that went on with. Um, so what, what the controversy that I understand? Legion of Skanks, for those who don't know, New York comedians, famous, yeah. kind of tout themselves as being offensive. The, the, the world's most offensive podcast, what they brand themselves as. Okay, yeah, and um, as far as I understand, the controversy is just that they allowed Milo to come on the podcast at all. Yeah, Milo Yiannopoulos. It's just that they booked him. Right. At all. Which is kind of interesting in the way that, like, Milo's been on, like, Rogan and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I thought so, yeah. He's been on Bill Maher. He's been on a ton of different podcasts. But I think this is the first bigger podcast since, like, he's kind of been exiled from famous society has he has he got more what has he just got more outrageous or no well it was one of those things where he said some fucked up shit yeah in a podcast like maybe a few months before he broke right and uh and he uh got kind of got caught for it no, or got called out for it. Okay, and got fired. Got either he stepped down or got fired from his job as a as a reporter for Breitbart. Mm. And for people who don't know, Miley Yiannopoulos is this uh, right wing, gay, kind of uh, 
sort of like a, what do you call them? Like a cultural? No. no, no. <laughs> I was going to say, just a right, like really right wing gay kind of cultural opinionist. Like he, he basically goes around doing talks and stuff, kind of like Hitchens and Sam Harris and those guys. Yeah. Or like uh, Ben Shapiro. Would yeah, be, I would relate him to like a Ben Shapiro type dude. Yes, yeah, yeah. almost like a political, like social media star in a way. Yeah, like a pol- yeah. a political influencer. I guess I, I, don't know, I, I know he was like I know he was a journalist for Breitbart. Is how he got his start. Okay, that's how he made a name for himself. That's how he had any legitimacy. Yeah, right. And uh, um. Where was going with that? Oh, what what he, he he and he was kind of like had this steady rise where he was uh, especially when like these sort of uh, I wouldn't call him alt right. I think like Gavin McGinnis coined the term alt light, which is like mm. they're they're sort of they're not alt, they're not super racist alt right people, but they're just yeah. kind of the new line of conservatives coming out that's like sort of popularizing the political movement a bit. Mm-hmm. Where it's like Gavin McGinnis and Ben Shapiro and um, Milo and Steven Crowder will probably be in there, and it's these people who are are kind of making conservative like they're that's so cute. Sorry. Yeah. The cat just went up on the kitchen table and just laid down in front of Max, being cute as fuck. But um, they they sort of there's sort of like branding conservatism as new punk rock, and a lot of these guys got taken down right away for various things. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they these are the guys that are getting like um, banned from YouTube and banned from different. Uh, I think Outlets. like Gavin or was it, I think it was Gavin. McGinnis got like, uh, like if people tried to send him payments through Chase Bank or something, or maybe he had an account with Chase Bank and they suspended it. Okay. Like it got that serious. Uh huh. Gavin's a totally different story though. Milo, what, what he did was he was on a podcast and he was talking about how, uh, kind of talking about how gay relationships are, are different from straight ones in the, in the age gap way and he was talking about his own story he was talking mm-hmm. about how he got kicked out of the house when he was 14 and like some old guy took him in mm-hmm. and they had like a sexual relationship and he was like okay with that like he didn't see anything wrong with that yeah and he was saying i think the thing that really got him in hot water is he said something along the lines of like uh like a young like someone underage like 14 can have like a beneficial there's a possibility of a beneficial sexual relationship with like an older guy right and that's what that's how he ended up getting fired and everything like that was the big thing that was the straw yeah and and he's like very but the reason why like people didn't want him to be on legion of skanks is like it's it's complicated. It's it like, had there's something a lot to do of, with the venue too. Didn't yeah, it? yeah, it's something to do with the venue because it's like comedy or the, the creek, the uh, creek in the cave, creek in the cave. That's it. And it's like this venue where Legion Skanks does all their live shows, and it's a basement in a in a, in a comedy club. Uh, other podcasts have hosted there too. It's kind yeah. of like uh, last podcast also did yeah. that same basement thing. Yeah, exactly. Started in that same basement, and. But they do because they do it in front of an audience. That's right. part of like the Legion of Skanks vibe is there's like an audience of maybe like 20 or 30 also, people. From what I've seen, so well behaved from an audience. 
Yeah, well, they, there's their one controversy with the with the Proud Boy. Yeah, yeah, with that guy where he said something. And it was like, uh, no, it wasn't. It was, there's was a Proud Boy in the audience, and some right. some guy uh, stood up. Some like super left leaning guy stood up, and he was like, they're in the middle of a podcast, just talking about whatever in the middle of a conversation. Mm-hmm. And the the guy, some guy stood up and like grabbed Lewis's mic and said, "Did you know uh, that they got a they got a Proud Boy in their audience? There's a fucking Proud Boy, and they're just gonna let him sit here." <laughs> and then Lewis, of course, Luis J. Gomez, the probably like really the center people say like big just like big j's the leader of the podcast but lewis j gomez is the center of the podcast he's like big the j guy who like comes obi-wan lewis j is luke skywalker yeah like well, <laughs> lewis j comes with all the stuff like he comes with all the stories and what they're gonna do and big j is just the probably the funniest of the three of them so he gets the most credit he's been doing it longer and uh but lewis j gomez is he's got well-documented anger issues. Oh, yeah. So a guy grabs Lewis's mic, and he's just like, I don't care who the fuck's in the audience. Don't grab my fucking mic. And he sh- turned into an altercation where he shoved me, shoved him out of the venue. Well, I mean, that's a very invasive thing to grab someone's mic. Yeah, I don't... Too. It's right in front of your face. Like, I think any normal person would freak out at that. Also, what are they supposed to do? Like, see someone who's a proud boy in the audience and then kick them out? Like, bring, like point them out in the middle of a show and make it awkward? Like, and yeah, despite any of that, like, I would be pissed if someone just grabbed my mic. If I was doing yeah. a live podcast and someone just came up on stage and grabbed my mic from me. But for a podcast that's recorded with always surrounded by people... It's usually there's usually so little butting in and shit from what I've seen. It's so impressive. Yeah, it's really good. I'd be so scared they have of interns people, and stuff too. I'd be so scared of people, uh, you know, with their own fucking jokes. Yeah, trying also, to be funny. Coffee's right there if you want some. But oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, no, they're pretty well behaved. But uh, the thing with the creek and the cave, the place they do it mm-hmm. every week is it's uh, it's run by this person who's. Creek and Cave is like almost like a like an open mic type venue where a lot of people uh, go there to do open mics and a lot of smaller comedians go to do shows there. It's not like a A list room, really. Right. You know, uh, what was it? I think Ari did a write up about that about how great comics come there and horrible comics go there, right? And uh, the person who owns it, this girl Rebecca is this like super left-wing super feminist uh person but she takes care of her comedians like she's really she's known for uh like like she'll have like christmas dinner and stuff for comedians who don't have any money so there'll be a she'll be a big christmas dinner for she's all like a real personal kids. mother mother yeah, like motherly yeah. person Ari Shavir compared her to mitzi who owned the comedy store back in the 70s right. just like running this madhouse kind of but she's like a good host yes yeah yeah yeah. but she's kind of in this weird hot water position where where she's like she she says it's uh and i get i get it because i'm like i'm probably politically i'm not a political person at all but if i was i'd probably say i'm left leaning right if you had to choose sides if i had to yeah, yeah yeah um but i really like i go back and forth on issues all the time but um Case by case. Yeah. But uh, she and Dave Smith points this out of Legion of Skanks. She has this thing where she's like, the creek is like a bastion, safe haven for free speech. Yeah. But it's also an LGBTQ. Ah, LGBT. LGBTQ. Q safe space. And he's like, those are just opposing. 
yeah, to so some degree, those are uh, opposing philosophies. It has to have some. If it's a bastion for free speech, then one of them, or there has to come to be a rub. Yeah, one of them has to come to, or both of them has to come to, um, not an agreement, but um, what's it called? Uh, they're just. There's gonna be a fucking rub. Yeah. In the thing where it's just like, like they're kind of fighting because it's like uh, compromises. They both have to compromise. I, say, I mean, to be for it to be, like I get not wanting to like trigger someone, but I'm still. This is where I might lean right. I guess I'm still of the of the opinion that like in a comedy club, free speech should be paramount. The amount of fucked up things we said on this podcast, and then in trying mm-hmm. to get a laugh. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like I. And just like, like context, the context of a com- I feel like anything goes in the context of a comedy club. And I feel like just in daily life, it's a need to be with your friends and then say the most absurd shit, explore the absurdness of yeah. how stupid this fucking world is. Yeah. How unfair this world is. I think it's best to go or with even your friends just, and laugh at the extremities of it. It's like, uh, it's a good coping. Yeah. Or like, I remember Pete Holmes was talking about how um he's talking about the reason why the comedy cellar is like the perfect comedy venue is because like low ceilings in a basement mm-hmm. and he's like that's where like basements is where like groups of like te- like young kids would get together and just say naughty shit to each other when their mm-hmm. parents weren't around you know yeah it's like that it's like basically encapsulating that vibe stuff right. they shouldn't say yeah and they're just saying it because no no adults are around and it's like a bunch of kids together you know but on the other hand of the coin you're right where it's just like yeah but get, we're I not get- we're not saying that shit to upset anybody exactly the opposite yeah. you know and if, and if I said anything. That someone came out to me and said they're I personally like hurt like genuinely hurt their feelings. Yeah, I would probably apologize. I don't want to, you know. But anyway, that's beyond the point. the The point is with this, they got they booked Milo. Yeah, and it, the gay thing wasn't really, like the uh, the age thing wasn't the thing. It's just the fact that like the left sort of like yeah left leaning people or super left people, I guess just attached him to being a Nazi because he's got like, he's got some fucked up uh, views on immigration and stuff. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a very, um, they call him like a provocateur. Like he just says fucked up shit about it, immigrants all the yeah, time. He's so, a, you know what I mean? He makes, sometimes he makes it hard to defend. He's a very, the thing is he's so fucking charismatic. He is a very charismatic, charismatic. Dude. He's yes. fun to watch. He's got he's, a weird hairstyle. He's yes. British. He's, he's got an accent. Super, uh, <laughs> Eccentric's not the word because eccentric implies craziness. He's super uh, boisterous, I guess. Like he's really he's entertaining. Yeah, he's, he's entertaining, a- super charismatic. Yeah, very charismatic. And then it, it's like because I wa- I just finished. Watching, I tried to watch it live. Right. Because it was like I rushed home and and because uh, I went on at New York at nine, which is six here. So I just got off work. I rushed home and I was waiting to watch the live feed and then. I got in that thing where I had to like leave it and I couldn't like rewind it because it's a live feed. So right. I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to. I stopped like half an hour in. I'm like, fuck, mm. I'm going to watch it when I can watch the whole thing. Yeah. But uh, with them, with the controversies, they didn't want them to book Milo and especially go in the creek in the case, especially for these like super left wing comedians. Comedy is kind of a left wing scene for the most part. Mm hmm. It's like they're like he he has these racist views and we don't want him in our safe space. Yeah, kind of thing. 
as opposed to like Legion's case, like we want to like it's weird for them to like. I get not only like, dude, who are you to tell us who to book, who we can and can't talk to? Yes, you know, absolutely. And it caused a fucking firestorm on Twitter. People are going at. I saw Luis uh, Gomez and Dave and yeah, Big. I saw so much comedians saying like you know hey put a stop to this fucking coming out coming out against uh, talking to milo so many fucking comedians which is like, like ridiculous i remember dave smith saying like if you're a comedian who's like offended by speech then i just have zero respect for you it was so, it was so fucking weird yeah that's what i was thinking where it's just <laughs> yeah. like you're in, you're in the offensive game yeah and like i get it and also it's just like it's a conversation that's a thing that kind of like you get you get something think, out of it they're not siding with milo they're not being like yes. hey we fucking support this dude they're having a conversation you should with be allowed guy. to talk to people you disagree with that's what i completely i remember uh tim dylan had the best take on it mm-hmm. where he's like uh tim dylan was like listen i don't like milo i think 90 percent of what he says is crazy horseshit he's like you know, two years ago, he was supposed to be playing Radio Music City Hall, and now he's on Legion of Skanks, The Creek and Cave. That's the greatest revenge of all. That's the <laughs> hilarious part. But I would never, ever fucking tell anyone who they can and can't talk to. Like, that's, it's crazy to give people that power where it's like, don't even let him speak. Yeah. Because he might say something that, like, what? He's like a wizard? You know what I mean? Like, it's weird to give someone that much power. To exactly. Be like, they're so, like, what it is, they don't, like, a big part of it is, is like, he, listen, I'm just going to fall out, fall out say, like, I think Miles got a lot of fucked up weird views. Mm-hmm. And I also think a lot of what he says, he doesn't even believe. Right. I think he, he's like a professional troll. Right. To some degree, he just says shit. He's also, like a provocateur. He's, he seems like, like a provocateur. He seems like a young kid who I would compare him to, like, a young almost Johnny Rotten or someone who yeah provocateur yes he just says shit except he doesn't play music he fucking gets into political fucking game yes exactly um and, he, and the thing they don't like about him is he is charismatic as fuck. That's, he's charming. That's, that's what the thing I, I, like that's about what him. I hate charming. about him, too, is he's fucking he charismatic. Says up, he says fucked up shit, but he's really charming. Um, and I think he knows it. Oh, definitely. He definitely <laughs> and that, knows And that's what's irritating. But it's also like... But it, but uh, so a lot of comedians were threatening to like uh, it's like a milkshake shop across from Creek and Cave. And they're threatening to like just go there and and with like milkshakes and dump milk, throw milkshakes at them and dump. This is like a big thing about milkshakes, like dumping milkshakes. Okay. A lot of people were saying Milo's going to be here and tagging him and then tagging Antifa chapter of New York, which is like I am not like pro Antifa at all either. I think Antifa. I think Antifa kind of fucking suck. Well, yeah, I mean, any extreme group is a terrorist. Well, anyone who can just, like, when you can just decide as a group, like a like a cell of people, a group of people, just start deciding that you can uh, physically assault people yeah. based off ideas, I think that's fucked up. Well, yeah, exactly, and that's, it's the whole, it's being a Nazi in, it's in of itself, it's very Nazi-esque ideas of not letting this free conversation happen yeah. between entertainers and this fucked up guy, you know, who hasn't yeah. committed crimes. He said fucked up shit. Well, it's like... Uh, you should want to hear them out. By not even letting them... By not even hearing them out or letting them just talk blankly at a wall, yeah. you know? That's how you have to deal with crazy idiots. Yeah. Is let them ramble at the wall. Well, that's the thing. You gotta let <laughs> you them, know? like, like, and eventually... And then just don't pay it an attention, like yeah. a kid. They'll run out of energy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And, and like, uh, 
one thing I think is kind of weird is like um, Dave Smith pointed out. He's like people people who say that Milo, what Milo has to say is like like his speech mm-hmm. is considered it's basically assault. But for some reason, throwing a milkshake on someone isn't. <laughs> yeah. It's like a f- weird, fucked up point of view. Like, I, that's, that's the thing. I didn't even know who Milo is, right? Yeah. Before any of this even controversy happened. Like, I, I fo- was aware. Because I'm like, I, I like watch, I'm into podcasts and stuff. Yeah. Like, and I like watching, like, uh, I get like baited into clickbaity, like, uh, like Ben Shapiro destroy student. You yeah. Know? Oh yeah. And yeah, it's totally. the funniest part about it is like, I was watching Owen Benjamin and like, Owen Benjamin's a crazy kook. Oh, he's so he, fun to watch. But he, but every once in a while he makes a really funny, honest point. Oh yeah. Totally. And he was talking about Ben Shapiro. Uh-huh. And, uh, it's funny. Cause he's just got this like anti-Semitism, <laughs> thinly veiled anti-Semitism. He calls them the men in small hats and stuff. <laughs> yeah, but he's talking about like, he made this point where, because the Ben Shapiro recently had a video. He's this right wing conservative pundit. Didn't he just get in a lot of? Flat well, he got it. He got into an argument with this old BBC guy, and oh, then ended right. up just having a tantrum and storming off. And, and uh, Owen doesn't like Ben Shapiro, and Owen was like, "Yeah, that's what you get when you make your bones off of like arguing with crazy nineteen year olds." Yeah, yeah. And then you meet someone who has a, who has an actual argument. Yeah, yeah. but. Besides, I can't even remember how we got. Oh yeah, because I've been following those kind of people. I just get sucked into those YouTube videos. So then mm-hmm. I, I knew Ma- Milo from that, and he was on Joe Rogan. I saw him on Rogan a bunch. But that's what, yeah, that that was the point I was getting to. Mm-hmm. Is Rogan has all these people on? Rogan just has Alec Jones on. Like, yeah, I don't know. The world's in such a crazy political and I wouldn't say revolutionary. But such a shift in... It's such a hot... It's a... It's a a hot point. It's like a hotbed of, like, tension between factions right now. Yeah, it's like there's almost... There's a point where people are just not being friends over their political views. Which is... I'm sure that's happened since political views were a thing. But at the same time, it feels like... uh, it's easier now to. It feels like there's a civil war like on the rise where th- there's and not there's even more extreme things happening like with Alabama like out straight up outlawing abortion and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like, like crazy shits happening where you're like stuff I never thought I would see happen. You thought you think you almost think like you have these outlying like these left and right like outlying factions fighting out over issues. And you almost never think you almost think like is always going to be a middle ground. Yeah, like the world's. The world's fucking on fire right now. It's post-apocalyptic. Yeah, well, Dawson's like... Dawson of- is literally on fire right now. <laughs> where it's like... It's gross out, dude. It's like Mad Max, where the town, it smells like a welding yard. Uh, we had a... Well, our father's a welder. So, I, I just always relate to, the, like, his coveralls when he came home. Yeah. But outside it just it smells like steel for some reason to me it smells like a welding yard yeah i said that to jamie the other day yeah because she was uh smoking a joint and i was like is that your joint and i was like no nah, i can't and i was like it almost smells like electric like an electrical burn or something exactly it's the metallic burn it's gross. and it la- by the end of the day you have a film on you of like smoke it feels like you got skin on you that's in your hair and yeah oh. It's fucking disgusting. Yeah, it's pretty fucking gross. But, uh, so going back to that, so Milo's on there and, like, all these comedians are freaking out. Yeah. And, uh, Ari Shafir, of course, wants to be on the episode. 
because he's just a fucking <laughs> magnet and he loves trolling and he sees Milo as like an amazing troll so he wants yeah. to really wants to be on the episode so uh, Ari uh, Ari gets on the episode Ari's and then, really good friends with the skanks too yeah they almost yeah. call he's almost like an honorary fourth skank right and uh uh milo has this idea to move venues switch venues because he's like it's you're gonna need to like spend so much money on security if you really want me to go to a place where you announce the day i feel so bad what was the owner's name rebecca i feel really bad for her because like people are coming at her being like i thought you were like left wing and you're yeah people were coming at her hard and the comedians coming at her hard yeah and uh Calling a boycott on her business and stuff. Yeah. And the Creaking Cave's not a big comedy club at all. Like, it's like a smaller, <coughs> lives off, lives on the margins. Yeah. Was that of part of the club. reason why they changed too? Was because she was getting fucking flack and shit? No, they were going to just move forward with it anyways. There's right. Milo who suggested they change it. And like, Lewis has his own private podcast studio. Yeah. That, yeah. Doesn't he? What's it called? Gas Digital Studios. Yeah, Gas Digital. So they just did it there, like private studio and a private little, like it makes sense. Like I think part of it, because like the gas digital studio isn't big enough to have like a, a live room. Yeah, and uh, part of the vibe of Legion of Skanks is that it's alive, that they're playing to an audience to some degree. Mm-hmm. And there's like a vibe to that basement. If you see the film and stuff like that, you could tell it's just got like just like a vibe. Yeah, but they just moved it last minute. And, uh, yeah. And, and they just like, had a conversation. I yeah, saw clips was, from it that was just funny and entertaining. Yeah, it was just funny. <laughs> it was it was a good part. I would say, like, 85% of it was really funny and just jokes. And then, like, I do think Milo kind of got in the, Like, he fucking gets in the way of shit. Like, it's it's weird. He s- seems like a smart guy. Mm-hmm. But then, the like, the most obvious shit, like, flies over his head, it seems like, in the yeah. podcast. Right. Like, they'll just be, like, Big J and stuff will be making jokes. And it's like, he doesn't even, either he doesn't register him, he doesn't hear him, or they're just, he doesn't get it. He doesn't pick up on it. Yeah. And uh-huh. it's like, and then he, uh pulled this weird stunt in the middle of it it was so fucking really derailed the podcast and it was like oh this is like this, I, like you could tell he was like trying to do like his provocateur political thing yeah and just really didn't work it was fucking awkward and weird where he told a story about how he had uh this venezuelan landlord mm-hmm. this lady who uh Evicted uh, him three months early on his leash just because she didn't like his political views and how he took her to trial. Mm-hmm. And then he was going to call. Uh, then he found out she was an illegal. Mm. So then he called ICE. ICE. Uh, ICE is like the agency that like you call to like report if someone's an illegal to go. Oh over. shit! Like that. Yeah. So he's calling ICE like on the podcast on her. Jesus. And uh, but it really derailed the podcast because he's like on the phone he's going through like the menu and stuff and he's like they're waiting it's like you know they're they're they got like the automated voice and pressed one for this and pressed two for that and they keep trying to make jokes in the middle of it and Milo keeps going shh shh I can't hear the options god shh. damn it and it's just dead air and then it's just fucking awkward and they're all looking at each other like what the fuck and then at one point Dave has like speaks up he's like you know this is a awkward thing to do on a podcast right <laughs> like to just have this dead air yeah yeah and then uh he eventually leaves and makes a call and comes back but it was like it was fucking weird yeah, and it then, sounds like and, awkward fucking yeah awkward. and then afterwards he went on like a political rant near the end and uh 
Like, cause they were, it was really fun for the most part. And they were all like, you could see like they were all, everyone in the room was pumped up cause of all the controversy. Right. And, uh, most of it was just jokes. Right. But, uh, Ari, I, I saw a lot of clips and Ari was on fire, dude. Ari, oh, was, Ari, loved Ari, him, Ari dude. came in at the best <laughs> moments. It was fantastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it was funny cause he talked about like, it's almost like, it almost felt like he watched the Legion of Skanks. Because he's like, I think he probably just watched two episodes or something. Because right. he, he's talking about, he made reference to something that happened the episode before him. Okay. Where Big J was talking about how he hears like black guys can't keep erections very well because their dicks are so big. Uh-huh. And Miles married to a black guy. That's another thing that's weird calling him a Nazi. He's like married to a black guy. He's a Jew. But, you know, and that's, that's like, why people like Milo. Because it's just like, what is this fucking, what, what are we doing? Like, what is this creature? Everything yeah. he's every, you say one point about him, then the next point will completely contradict the previous point. He is an enigma yeah. of a person. Yeah, I remember like Sam Harris was like, they asked if he would debate him. He's like, I can't debate Milo because I don't know what positions he's actually seriously holds. I can't yeah. take anything he says seriously. Right, right. But uh, he said he mentioned that that and how like that's true because he's got a black boyfriend with a huge dick and he can't keep a really rock hard erection it's difficult uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and uh yeah like it was, but yeah he went on this it was funny because around the end he went on this political rant about how like how like cr- basically christianity is like the superior religion the reason why any country that has prosperous society is because of christianity mm-hmm and he kind of like also shit on the Muslim religion, like kind of when and then, uh, but then like it just as he's in the middle of his rant, the camera it's like there's two cameras, there's yes. one on Ari and Milo, and the, another one on uh, Dave, Lewis, and Big J, and uh, like Lewis just looks so pissed that he's going on a political rant, he looks so <laughs> bored. <laughs> At the end of his rant, Lewis just goes, "Wrong show, Milo." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah but it was good like probably 80 percent really funny i'm glad uh it must have got the legion of skanks a lot of uh publicity i think so yeah that's awesome it's funny big j got mad around the end because that was the thing like milo would talk over them so much Mm -hmm. there's a point where like and sometimes it happens with us we have a lot of people and it drives me nuts when people do this especially like when like when people i it's the one thing that makes me think we should have headphones when we do like a five person setup because him and him will have a conversation and then while two other people have a conversation and then a podcast just comes through as gobbledygook. Yeah. I feel like at least if you have headphones, then you'll hear that. But there's a lot of that going on. And Big J at one point, they were watching the Iggy Azalea porn. Uh Uh-huh. And Big J was trying to tell a story, like really like... And at this point, he'd been railroaded so many times, like trying to start a story and someone just talks over him 80 times. And, and, uh, He's trying to tell a story about his daughter at school, wrote a report about how, like, how Iggy Azalea is her hero. Uh-huh. And uh, the title of it is something she has written on her arm. Right. Uh, what Iggy Azalea wrote on her arm? Some, like, prosperity through struggle or something about struggle. Like, something about... What's a tattoo Iggy Azalea has? On her arm. Okay. And that was the title of her, his daughter's essay on Iggy Azalea. Yeah. And... Uh, it's funny because in the porn, they use the leaked porn. You you never see her face. It's like her getting railed from behind. Mm-hmm. 
only thing you can see is her fucking tattoo on her arm that says prosperity <laughs> struggler <laughs> but he's trying to get that through and people keep talking about him. he's like well, people shut the fuck up and let me talk I've been railroaded like 80 fucking times <laughs> like he like just Jay's usually outlash. yeah and Jay like never like he's very rarely just gets pissed off on the air and he just very he just blew up yeah that's great yeah oh, and then Milo like hugged him oh that's good Big Jay's always the mediator man yeah yeah he's always the one that like uh <laughs> he's the, he's the daddy he has to take care of the kids you know yeah i was listening it's funny because i was listening to uh the bonfire big j and dan soder yeah their serious xm show yeah. and uh they were talking about uh i just fall asleep to it. it's like it's like really friendly in comparison to legion of skanks like legion of skanks you'll never know what's gonna happen like i remember um one of the things that was being thrown around there, Legion of Skanks, like around Luis J. Gomez's name, like people are calling him a Trump supporter and stuff, and a, like a right wing talking point pundit almost. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just uploaded a screenshot from this uh, <laughs> Legion of Skanks episode where uh, it was right after. Oh, what's that comedian who had the severed J- Donald Trump head? The red head. Yeah. Right after Kathy Griffin did the severed Donald <laughs> Trump head uh-huh. thing. The show afterwards, uh, Luis J. Gomez, did, they just had like a severed Donald Trump head on the desk. And Louis, Luis J. Gomez wrote, put like a fake, like had like a fake poop and did like a swastika on his face. Just to, just to, he was like trying to up one upper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and he like uploaded it. He's like, this is for anyone who thinks I'm a Donald Trump supporter. Like, <laughs> fuck, go fuck yourself. But, uh, Bonfire is like a lot more subdued. Yeah, in the things like they a talk about. Professional radio show. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a lot of like just watching clips and stuff. I want to kind of get into some of that. Just yeah. watching outrageous clips on the show. Well, we gotta get like a Brian Redman or someone to just pull some shit up. Yeah, I set up for it. Yeah, we should get a Marky to do that. Yeah, I agree. But anyways. So I'm listening to the bonfire and they're talking. They're just discussing who is this is where they got in the discussion who's better, Springsteen, Billy Joel, or Brian Adams. Uh-huh. And then they had a caller. Some they had a caller call in and they can like pre you know, they pre interview their callers so they know what they're go- gonna want to talk about. Right, yeah. Screen the call. And then the name of the guy was Boston something, like Boston Joe or something. Yeah. And uh, is like screw all like I think the comment was like mowing the lawn screw all those guys Aerosmith destroys all of them <laughs> and they're laughing so hard and they're like you really are Boston trash and then they get the guy on the phone and then and then he starts talking to them making his case like oh you know what I think you turn this around I think you're right and then Dan starts talking about how big ones when he was in college he listened <laughs> yeah. to Aerosmith big ones over and over again Fuck and then yeah. Big J started talking about the guitar solo and loving an elevator <laughs> and uh who are they talking about oh they're listening to what it takes yeah. <laughs> they started listening to this it just turned to them listening to Aerosmith songs it was my first concert at and, and Big J said something that made me like I've been playing music for like fucking my whole life, my whole life. And this You're is just, just from listening to rock my whole life. This move has been just bred into me and it's something I've always done, but never thought about. Mm-hmm. And then big J made fun of Steven Tyler for something 
that that I do often. Right. And it made me like really question. Like I'm like fuck doing it. Yeah, because I'm like I just do it because I've heard other people do it. I've never really questioned whether I think it's cool or not. Uh huh. But it's the move where a guitar solo is about to happen. They go a guitar. <laughs> It's a classic move. Dude. Oh, I do it all the time. I do it. I do it to myself. Like you're supposed to let singer, like whoever's singing the song, well, do you're it. the band leader and the guitarist. Well, but no, but like Colton will be singing a song. Yeah, it'll be my time. I won't, it'll be a song I don't sing at all. And then like we'll be playing on stage, and, and Colton, like I don't sing at all. I'm just playing guitar. It'll be time for my guitar. I'll just go to my and go guitar. <laughs> Call it on yourself. I gotta stop doing that. I think it's great. <laughs> I think then, it's great. I think you gotta own it. And then Dan, Dan sort of was like, "That's all I'll do, man." I just call it like drums, drums, bass. Aerosmith <laughs> uh, rocks, but yeah, I that's what, I, that's what, I keep, do I do I own it? Do I keep doing guitar? Own it, keep doing it. I think cheesy moves like that need to be owned. I think it's, yeah, I think it's the same as like duck walking could come off as the most cheesiest most hammed in thing you could do or come off fucking badass yes or you could duck walk and be like oh sweet throwback you know <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 i think it's all just in the attitude i think you're rocky talk yeah that's like there's like this weird a lot of rock is cheesy there's this weird crossroads where um comedy and rock and roll really don't mix no no yeah, like no. this super ultra self-awareness of comedy really doesn't apply to rock and roll in some cases like no. a lot of rock and roll is having like that vanity almost you know yes, that attitude the, of vanity, vanity is a perfect and where it's just like no matter what coolness is the number one standard beyond anything else coolness is like or and believing what you're doing is cool yes that's number one and with comedy yeah it's just it doesn't work well you know (laughs) (laughs) no no like it's almost like the opposite comedy where your strength is pointing out what you're doing isn't cool yeah exactly that's your that's your big strength it's your big ace in the hole um Okay, so so like when uh, hold that thought. I was just gonna say it's like when Sam Kinison is in uh, Bad Medicine. It's just a weird vibe because you're like, (laughs) yeah, Sam Kinison's a rock and roll dude, but it's just weird to see him party with all these rock stars, you know? Even though he was, he partied like a rock star. Yeah, and his comedy wasn't ever. It didn't. His comedy didn't. It was never self-deprecating. No, it was always like calling other people dumb. Yeah. But it's, it's kind of like that Anthony Jeselnik. It's weird because him and Dice Clay had a big feud. They hated each other. Yeah. That was a big comedy store feud was Dice Clay versus Sam Kennison. But they were very similar in the fact that they weren't like neurotic at all. Neither no. of them. I think that was part of why they probably feuded because they're so similar. Yeah, yeah. They're so like alpha. Bravado. Yes. Showing off almost. Yeah, but it's still funny to see a comedian come out and go bad medicine. Yeah, all right, you guys want to see Bon Jovi? Yeah. <laughs> um, so what were you going to say before I moved on to Sam? Some I want. I've been dying to talk to you about. I wanted to wait till he did the podcast because mm-hmm. we haven't mentioned it at all. I don't know if you've seen this at all. Maybe you have. Maybe you haven't. Mm-hmm. Fucking kills me. There. I don't know. Here's the thing. I've only seen. Literally an Instagram tease from someone who's in the cast of this. Right. So I don't know if it's a one-off, if it's an actual series that's going on. But the remake of All in the Family. 
Oh, I haven't seen that. No. I the redoing seen All in the Family. Okay. Yeah. Weird idea. Very weird. Very weird. I, th- I think based off of the talent they got, it's got to be a one-off because it's all huge names. Right. But, man, I feel like just based off of the, I'm looking at the cast. Right. Oh. Who, okay, who's Bunker? I'm going to... I gotta get you. To, I gotta get you to guess who plays Edith because that's the biggest. It's so na- it's so ridiculous that this person is playing Edith Bunker. It's fucking insane. <sighs> See, okay, it's, you know what? I'll give you a clue. It's the complete opposite of Edith Bunker. Because I was gonna say I would cast um, what's her name? Beautiful uh, Carmela as Edith. I would cast Tony's wife, Carmela. Uh, yeah. Fuck, I don't- yeah, I can see that. That I makes Edie yeah, Falco. Edie Falco. Edie Falco. Falco makes so much more sense. I'd cast Edie Falco as Edith. Um, mm. Opposite. Give of me Edith. your. Give me your. Because uh, I don't know the entire. I can't remember. Okay. I, okay. I remember I, some of the main ones. I'd go Edie Falco as Edith. Archie. Ooh. Archie's a tough one. Oh, yeah, I know exactly he, who I'd cast. Who? Oh, it's. it's, it's <laughs> Here's the thing. This guy's not old enough. You'd have to age him up right. with makeup or something. Fucking Tim Dillon would do a dope Archie. <laughs> Tim Dillon would be fucking funny. Tim Dillon, Tim Dillon would be, would be a perfect Archie Bunker. He'd be fucking funny. But you need like an older guy. You, got, you need like... A, I might almost say Michael Rooker. Who's Michael Rooker? He was... Um, he's the guy who played Henry Portrait of the Serial Killer. He was in Guardians of the Galaxy as the blue guy. He was oh, in yeah, true, I can fucking see true that. He's in Detective Season 3. He, he, no, but it's funny he didn't have a gut, uh, That's though. the thing. You need, like, a chubby, angry guy. You need an all-American man, you, you know? Ch- you know, um... Fucking, you know, you know it'd be good? Dude. Fucking, uh... uh, uh I'm so tired right now. I got no sleep, but his fucking name... His name escapes me, but, you know, uh, fucking... Kenny Powers. Oh, Danny McBride? Yeah. That, dude, that would be a fucking cool Archie. Yeah, Danny, I could Danny do McBride, that. I, I could dig Danny McBride's tape. Danny McBride be. is fucking Archie. He's not old enough, but, like, you can make him Archie, I think. Yeah. Um, for the, looking at the cast. For the daughter, I would pick... <sighs> Apparently, it's already... It says... Because I'm like... I just said Casson's like... It just says All in the Family Jefferson's remakes win in TV's ratings. So it's on already. Yeah, it's on already. I guess it's doing very well. It's on ABC. (laughs) Um, For Meathead, I would do... Who would you do as Meathead and the daughter? Oh, you need like a... I mean, in a weird way, you know who I would like? I would go with... Because in my mind, I always, I always like try and cast like comedic like stand-ups in it. Okay. In my mind, but I'm gonna go with you know it would be good, man. Hmm. Like, okay, let's just say, are we are we gonna do a straight up remake uh, like where it takes place in the same time period, or are we gonna do a modern version? Modern modern remake. Modern remake. So yeah. it's like nowadays. You can do yeah yeah. You can you can change it up. You can change political status. I think Pete Holmes would do a great meathead. Mm, yeah, I can see that because he's kind of wispy like like meathead is. He's just not like gross and gristly like meathead usually is. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's not mustachy. I might do like um. I think Bradley Cooper would be a good A list meathead. 
but I might do Derek Acosta from Mega 64 for Meathead. Ooh. I think it would be funny in this time, this time period. I think it would be good if Archie Bunker had an immigrant as a son. Yes. As a son-in-law. I think that would be a funny dynamic. Why when, I... One that you don't get from shows like uh, Blacked or the other thing. Yeah. Where you have an old man conservative as the lead of the show, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. And I don't know, someone pretty as the daughter. Someone pretty and blonde. But the daughter was kind of like almost an airhead. Like a really nice airhead. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Okay. I think I remember who plays the daughter, but I want to. Hold on. I'd pick Hillary Duff. All I get is articles about TV ratings. Hillary Duff. She's like too. Uh, maybe she's not too old because she was like. <sighs> she looks if Pete good. Holmes, if Pete Holmes is meathead. Pete then... Holmes could date Hillary Duff. I believe that. If Pete Holmes is a meathead, Huck. Hold on. Fuck. Okay. There you go. IMDb. All right. Um. This is the official cast list we got. I think so. I got All right. Fucking. Full cast and crew. Hold on one sec. God damn it. See, this is why we need a Brian Redband. I would cast... Um, yeah, I'd want to cast a female comedian, too. I think that'd be good. I think, I think you need comedians for all Nikki, in the family. Nikki, uh, <laughs> Nikki, Nikki uh, she's got the fucking radio, Sirius XM show. Glazier? Nikki Glazier would be a great... Glazer. 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 Like I, yeah, I feel like Pete Holmes or even a Moshe Kasher. Who's that? He's like uh, like a really hipstery young comedian. Like he's almost looks like a like a tech nerd or something. Probably soon. Oh, because I was looking. It wasn't all in the family. The title was all in my family. All in my family. Hmm. Oh, fuck off. Okay, I can't find it right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that's our casting for okay, the all in the family. Uh, fucking um. Now the Jeffersons, because Jeffersons are in it. The Jeffersons is like a yeah interlocking cast, yeah. Like before, so they're remaking the Jeffersons as well. Who's George Jefferson? Uh I go with Hannibal Buress. I'll throw him Ooh, some more. I'll Hannibal throw Hannibal would be some a great more. Work. George Jefferson, damn man. Broad City's done. Hannibal, oh, Hannibal would work. be great. Yeah. Yeah. No. Eliza Glader, like what's her name from Broad City, would be a great. Fucking uh, mm. Archie's son, Archie's daughter, Archie's daughter, yeah, yeah. Elijah, the tr- curly-haired one, yeah, yeah. I could fucking see that in a second. All right, uh, she's very Jewish, and Kenny Powers is very not Jewish, so that doesn't really make a lot. Who'd be Edith? Who, who plays? We oh, said I, never, I never did a pick for Edith. Hold on, Edith. Oh, uh, trying to think. It's gotta be someone who's kind of like not great looking. You think? Yeah. Oh, I can't think of an either right now. <laughs> I'm too tired. Uh, okay, so oh yeah, George Jefferson, Hannibal. That's a great one. I don't think I could top Hannibal. I was gonna say like Keith Robertson because like an old mm. curmudgeon kind of comedian. But yeah, the Game of Thrones ended. Uh huh. Since we've last podcasted. Yes. 
Wait, I gotta tell you the cast. Oh yeah, okay. Let's I, go I, I gotta tell cast. you the cast that I remember. Okay. This is like, cause this is like, oh, sorry, already. fucking playing Edith Bunker. This is like the biggest. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It's just like, it feels like that classic Hollywood. Like, just get someone sexy in there. <laughs> uh huh. Edith Bunker is being played by Marissa Tomei. Really? Yeah. I don't hate that. I hate that. You shouldn't want to fuck Edith Bunker. Marissa Tomei is very fuckable. Yeah? She's so fuckable. She's so hot. Like, I shouldn't want to, like, I shouldn't want to masturbate to Edith Bunker. But what if that was... I've jerked it. What if that was the dynamic? I've jerked off Edith Bunker many times, if that's the case. Because it's like, she's so hot. Yeah. I think Edith Bunker was hot. Remember her and the wrestler? Yeah. Showing her titties? Do you think... You really think, like... Edith Bunker material? No, you need a shrill. I think she could do Edith. Old. She she played Aunt. Uh, she plays Mary Aunt Aunt May. Yeah, Aunt but the May whole has, thing is like Aunt May's hot. And Tony Stark wants to fuck her. That that's has never whole, been. That is the whole thing. <laughs> Aunt May has always been like an old. Just, no, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. That's like the twist they did in Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, the twist. Uh, twist is Archie no, Bunker's no, got no. a hot you piece of ass. That's so... Sh- no. I'm <laughs> anti. I totally disagree. It's got to be someone shrill and annoying. That's like her chief. It's like she's sometimes right, but she's also so annoying, and he, Archie hates her. See, I picked... E- he loves her, but he hates I her. I picked Edie Falco, because I'd want to fuck Edie Falco. Fucking Adam Carolla would make a great Archie Bunker. Yeah, yeah. I'd, 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 oh, I'd watch it. I think he's like so in line with that character. Yeah, I can see that. Um, Archie is played by Woody Harrelson. That could be good. I, that could be good. Woody Harrelson's <laughs> a pretty middle American man. Edith, I'm just a regular ass guy. Regular ass guy, big ass, ass dick. dick. <laughs> he says it right on, right on fucking live television. That'd be awesome. Uh. That's actually I don't not like bad. It. I don't fucking like it. You don't like Harold? I think I call bullshit. Bunker. I don't like him. No, he's too. He's not pudgy. Give him like. It's what like if, if he was wearing the- Doctor Robotnik? You gotta give that role to a fat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What if what if he was wearing like the uh, fat Marty suit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't. No, I can't get over. It. He's not. Yeah, that's true. He's not like. Uh, I can't. I don't want to. I imagine Archie Bunk, Carol O'Connor, when he's a teenager, he was a schlubby, fat, quick-witted guy. Like, it should be a guy who was just fat his whole life, and now he's old. You think Archie was fat That's his whole I life? That's why I think, like, an old Tim Dillon would be a perfect Archie. I think Archie went through weight phases. I think Archie has that kind of beer yeah. gut to him. I uh, mean, I think he was always heavier, but he looked like a guy who could have been in, like, Vietnam. Right. With a little bit of a beer gut. Yeah. I can't believe I can't find the fucking cast. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> you uh, think the internet would? Uh, uh, you know, what? I'm gonna go on like Instagram that. where I found the thing. Um, I think Archie's daughter's played. Who's that redhead from The Office? Is really hot, Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, um, 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 um. what's her name? Because I gotta look for her. <laughs> Kimmy, okay. Sh- Kimmy Schmidt. Ah, uh, fuck. The fuck is her name? Granger? Granger? Am I no. only saying that because she's redheaded? I think so. Hold on. Kimmy Schmidt. I think she plays the daughter. She's in it. She's definitely in it. I forgot. Ellie Kempler. Ellie Kemper. Alright, hold on one sec. Ellie K- 
Okay, so, and, uh, George Jefferson's played by, uh, guy who played Ray. Jamie Foxx? Yes, Jamie Foxx is George Jefferson. That's a, that is a fucking A-list cast. Yes. On. Uh, Jamie Foxx is George Jefferson, holy shit. Yeah, Jamie Foxx is George Jefferson, I'm looking for... Oh, they really aged Jamie Foxx up. They, like, gave him a balding. He looks like... They make him up to look like the guy who played George Jefferson. The makeup in True Detective 3 was so fucking good. I always think about oh, that Oh, Meathead's sometime. played by the fucking guy in uh, Neighbors. The guy who does a Mark Wahlberg impression. Oh, Adam Devine? No. Oh. guy who does a Mark Wahlberg impression in Neighbors, the Seth Rogen one. He's like, I'll come over there. I'm going to give you a knuckle sandwich. Zach Efron? No, no. <laughs> he plays Seth Rogen's buddy. Oh, I have no fucking idea. Oh, nice. This whole episode is going to be me IMDb. I've seen it. Neighbors once, and it was passable. <laughs> it wasn't memorable. I thought now, the... Now, the Neighbors with fucking uh, Belushi and Ackroyd, that's a Neighbors, man. Ike. On. Ike Turner. Ike Barneen Holtz. The fuck kind Arnold? of name is that? You've seen him in a thousand everything. He kind of looks like Mark Wahlberg. Oh, yeah, I've seen this guy. He plays Meathead. Huh. Good for him, I guess. Yeah. I don't I like Mr. Terea's fucking... I think uh, Jimmy Kimmel's, like, producing it. It's all live, like the original All in the Family. See, Jimmy Kimmel could have been a good Meathead. I mean, uh, Archie Bunker. Yeah. I, I bet you he could have. Um, Want to talk about Game of Thrones? Yes. Fuck, so much has happened. Yeah. Yeah, it's been crazy since we podcast. Been, been like a funerals, month. And... We've been to fucking. Have we? Yeah. Wasn't it? No, I think we did Brandon's funeral and then we did the last podcast because it was the gig, the last NAS gig we did. Mm. And I had that pin on for that gig. Right. Okay. Now I remember. Um, yeah, Game of Thrones ended. I loved it. You loved it. Yeah. I really wanted Daco to be here for this episode because he hated it. And that's the opinion of most people. They yep. didn't like it. And I wanted to, like, have it out. Right. Um, I get why people didn't like it, didn't like it. They feel like it's rushed. And I can, I can respect that. I can see that. I agree with a lot. Of, I agree with some of the points where it was rushed. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't know, man. It's weird. I'm almost of two minds of it because I'm like, there's a part of me that wants to be like, you can't. Everyone who's criticizing it couldn't do a better job. They did such an amazing job for so long. And then to complain about, just be bitter about the end. And I feel like so many people get that opinion from YouTube videos and And other people. people. Like, I don't necessarily know if everyone would have had that opinion. They didn't. 20 years ago. And also the complaints I heard were literally all copy and pasted. There was no no one with the original good fucking complaint yeah and the other thing is this show everyone acted like um what was that episode where they minor spoilers we won't get into it too much um the episode where they fought white walkers mm-hmm. everyone said oh that's the episode where it jumped the shark no 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 if you remember last season the seven samurai episode where they all went above the wall yeah that's officially where the show went hollywood blockbuster Yes. That's officially where Daenerys was in the south. Where people are teleporting, basically. Daenerys is in the south, and they get in trouble, so she's like, oh, flies up north, 
And also, that's the episode where everyone almost dies for a split second, and then they pull him back. Yes, yes, yes. That, that was a Hollywood blockbuster episode that I still loved. It was so fun. But, I mean, I've gotten used to that. That's what the show is since last season. You know, the show's been through many interpretations. Like, the first couple of seasons we were talking about. Very, like, early sci-fi channel, low budget. Remind me of almost, like, Firefly. In the way where it's very nerdy. Nerdy people watched it. Yeah. And then it blew up, of course. And then it had this middle season, which were fantastic. Which everyone loved. Yes, yeah, there's almost a middle point between the budget and the stories were still there. Like, they're still pulling from existing material. And then the show became the biggest thing in the world and then everyone had their eyes on these people you know and then the show went into a new direction but i feel like this season was so in place with everything that i saw last season mm. that i, I didn't that I, I didn't was, hate last season either no not at all like but i was so along the with the ride the complaint people gave to those seasons like the seasons were following the books and it was so story rich mm-hmm. every fucking episode you'd hear people complain about nothing happened this episode mm-hmm. nothing happened because it was so slow in the character development everyone complained about how nothing happened that episode yeah and now it's like everything's happening like the story's going too fast they're not taking their time with it uh-huh you know what i mean yeah and and i really hate it it's like either nothing happened or everything happened and you hate it you hate the fact that something like five things happened yeah yeah it's it was, like it, it, to me it seems really nitpicky for a pretty fucking good season of television and to pretend like like were did did it did it were there things that didn't necessarily make sense i feel like there's things that didn't make sense but there weren't the things that everyone was complaining about no not at all that's the, that's what i was going to bring up i was so pissed off at what people were choosing to complain about yes like okay spoilers Boom, right yeah, here for the next... I'm going, okay, I'm going to go on a quick list of what people are complaining about for, like, the next minute. So, just yeah. skip, like, two minutes, and we'll be talking about the reactions. But, uh, Danny becoming... <clears throat> Danny doing what Danny did. Danny becoming angry and doing what she did. Yeah. Uh, Jamie and Cersei's ending. Everyone's ending. Yeah. I thought they were all poetic. I loved everyone's yeah. final moments. Yeah. And I loved everyone's... Yes, okay, it was rushed, but this is everyone's proper story arc. Yeah. I feel like this was everyone's proper where they a proper way for everyone's story arc to end. Yeah. And yeah, it would have been good if there was like maybe one more season. Mm-hmm. But it was still I feel like it was perfectly in line with what everyone was already doing. Yeah. Um you know, Cersei doing what she did, that was totally in line. She didn't go crazy. Yeah. She's been spending this whole show trying to outsmart she conquered she's the, she, the whole thing is like she's trying to out engineer and outsmart the power of what that dragon is yeah and like she's and all, she just did she couldn't she already conquered the east yeah she already killed people she already has killed lots of people yeah. with her dragons for her it's like not a political war anymore and that's what she was good at i think that's part of what her arc is that like mm-hmm. uh her whole thing was she was good at political warfare yep and then like a real war came to her doorstep and she couldn't handle it yeah and she's because of her low tolerance for people who disagreed with her and like uh the fact that uh the person who saved king's landing last time was Tyrion, someone she hated right yeah you know and but because cersei surround basically it's like the story of like surrounding yourself with yes men and then like you're it's like the story of every famous person who fucking loses touch and also you know that's cersei you can't i love cersei cersei's one of my favorite characters but with um oh you know 
Yeah, Daenerys, I mean. With yeah. Daenerys. Were we talking about Daenerys or did I say Cersei I about, this whole time? I, I was talking about Cersei, but you're right. What happened with Daenerys makes sense. Too. I was talking about Daenerys this whole time. Sorry. Oh, okay. What's, well, what happened with Cersei made total sense. I love Cersei. Yeah, I don't know. I wish I, I wish Cersei would have did more. That was my one complaint. Because right. I love Lena he- Headey and her her acting. Yeah. I just wish she would have had more scenes to like chew up before she died. Yeah, there's a lot of like. I loved what happened. I, I to understand her, the uh, thing where it's like she's just hanging around drinking wine this whole last two seasons. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would have dug some more kind of vicious one-on-one conversations yeah, with her. Yeah, there's a lot of like plotting, but in a weird way, like I said, that makes sense because she's used to political warfare, not warfare warfare. Yeah. So and it, and it makes sense that like she's been able to politically maneuver her way through these impossible situations and now there's a real <clears throat> war on her hands. She doesn't know what to do with it. And because she's surrounded herself with the yes men. Yeah, and that's that's what the thing people don't get that these characters are supposed to be written as human beings who have emotions. Yeah, people go. Oh, this doesn't make sense for the story. No fucking shit. A lot of you can't make a plan, and the plan goes A, B, C every fucking time. Also, Most, a yeah. lot of plans get derailed along the way. Also, you know? if you've ever really hated anyone, if you ever like really had hate in your heart, what Daenerys did makes perfect sense. And that was the thing. Like and- I'm like, if if that was like, uh, like, I can think of a few people who I hate. Right. Where I would like burn down a whole city just to piss them off, you know what I mean? Like, like and beyond that, like, not in real life, and beyond but, like, that, I, with get, I get in the yeah. heightened emotion of the Game of Thrones fantasy storyline. Totally get it. We'll even put it into real life. Danny's not a regular girl. She was born into a world where she her mission is to go overseas and conquer a place. Yeah, she's a conqueror from the beginning. Her yeah. brother, she's seen violence her whole life. She's not a good person. She yeah. tries to do things morally. We, we see her as a good person because she keeps killing people who we think are immoral. Right. But the fact that she's putting herself where she has to kill even in the first place. Is, right. You know, she's trying to, she's a world conqueror coming from yeah. the East trying to conquer the South. She's already, her storyline is already full of violence. So it makes sense at the end. And it's like, um, the whole episode too felt like a war. Like, um, it felt like 9-11. It felt like Pompeii. You know, it was such yeah, a badass fun. episode. Yeah. And what she was children doing, of men, I thought it was a children yeah. of men influence kind of. And she had like she had that angry cry in, where she was just so worked up from emotions and shit that it's like a soldier in Vietnam who, okay, she already killed people before that, so yeah. she already has that trauma in her, right? Yeah. And she has to go kill a lot more and follow through with this plan. I think it was like, oh, you want me to be a fucking tyrant? Okay, okay, yeah. I'll show you a fucking tyrant. She's yeah. just so mad. That yeah. it's like a soldier in Vietnam who just gets on the M60 yeah. and blows into the forest just because... Yeah. just gets caught up in the moment. Emotions are flying. You don't know what to do. Logic flies yeah. out the window. She's over she a just, city with a dragon. She just burning down, like, an entire fleet and entire walls, and, like, your adrenaline's going. And also, uh, even though this wasn't... I don't know if this counts because it wasn't in the script, but mm. in the behind the scenes they talk about how she's looking at this castle that her ancestors built and was taken from her and she sees this whole city that's been taken from her and her family Everything she's ever wanted but unfairly been taken from her and she says fuck you guys for taking it from me she fucking burns it all down it makes sense and also Tyrion does that kind of explain her at the end if anything it almost makes it too obvious yeah when Tyrion does his whole explanation about how everywhere she goes she kills people and people cheer mm-hmm. and that's like it, like the it's like the story like, the wor- actual world has stories of charismatic leaders who just decide they're right and start doing fucked up shit. Yeah. Like, John, John's storyline is a perfect example of how Danny was a tyrant from the beginning. Yeah. John's whole storyline is him 
very unwillingly having to kill very yeah. unwillingly having to accept the responsibilities of kind of being this person that is in war you yeah. know and facing those war crimes where zanny always had that in her you yes. know yeah she's in she she was raised she by never, the she never felt bad about it man and people were pointing out she was raised by the Dothraki. people like uh pointing out like she's wanted to just slaughter populations before and her advisors advised her against it yeah and at this point at this point in the storyline she doesn't trust anybody anymore so and she that's what she wants point, she's lost everyone yes at that specific moment where she, everyone yeah. was going oh she's really gone has she gone crazy i thought it's uh, like well no i thought Harmon uh had the funniest thing because at the very end when they uh pick the king yeah um uh Harmon's like, he had a really f- funny story about what, because he just binged it all. And uh, he had a really funny story about how. Binged the whole t- last season? Yeah. Uh, Tyrion's line about who here has a better story than Branny's. Like, and at that point, he's like, I don't even get it. Because Dan and Dave directed the last episode. Uh-huh. He's like, I don't even get it. Because at that point, Dan and Dave wrote this, uh-huh. and then they're directing it. So they choose to have Tyrion say, who here has a better story than Braun? And then the camera literally cuts to Arya Stark. Right. <laughs> and it's like, me! I literally, I killed death. I saved the whole world. I have a better story than Braun. Yeah. I'd argue a lot of people have a better story than Braun. Um, um, I mean, Bran. Bran, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah Bran became king. That was, not, that was the one thing I was disappointed with, is Bran was very fucking like talking talking shit in the last episode he was quick-witted <laughs> like almost yeah. dropping one-liners yeah. and yeah. i was like you know I'm, also, happy, I'm happy to see this tortured psychic kid with like bipolar disorder and schizophrenia you know be happy in his life but that was a quick turn that yeah, was, that a was quick a, turn. it was a quick turn from being like why do you think i came all this way yeah, yeah. and also like <laughs> never really using his powers in a satisfactory way he never no. wore he wanted to see him work in something awesome you want to see him like grasp something that's like holy shit that'd be a hard thing to hold in your head yeah you want to see the outcome of being the three-eyed raven yes you know oh yes where it's just like the only thing the only real thing we got this season was uh him going into a raven yeah and trying to look for the night king oh Lindsay's here um yeah absolutely um yeah you want you want to you want to worgen you want to worgen to john's dragon or something i really wanted like i was hoping you're really hoping he wargs into john's fucking dragon yeah and he like you want you almost i know this is like really this is where people would have fucking see this is why they're better at their job than me because mm-hmm. i would have had him warg into a fucking dragon when the night king goes for brand have him f- literally warg into a dragon and like have a face off with the night king i was predicting lovecraft shit like if i was yeah. to write this season I wanted, I was expecting Krakens. I wanted fucking Euron to open up the Book of the Dead. I was expecting serious action to happen this season. Yes. You know, I was, I was expecting. There's a lot of CGI. I was expecting like Lovecraft but... to happen. But what happened was so awesome and I was really happy with it. Yeah. And absolutely. I was. And even coming into the last episode, you know, the, the final. No, oh, hold on. I'll pause it. Yeah, I'll pause it. Okay. One second. Hello. Okay, back at it. Um, where were we? Oh, yeah. You know, I could have, I would have wrote the season crazily different. But you're watching. But I'm so happy you're with watching how- a show that's already been written, and you're getting what you're served. Pickers yeah. can't be beggars, can't be choosers. Yes. And if you want a last season of television, 
and you haven't sold it. You didn't sell the show to HBO. Yeah. These guys did. You yeah. get what they serve you. Yeah, exactly. That's what I really hated as a creator was the backlash against these guys who have no idea. 10 years <laughs> of amazing content and imagination to so many people yeah. and amazing writing. As yeah. much as you want to blame the writing of the last two seasons or whatever, there's mm-hmm. some episodes that were people exclaim some of the best writing in television ever yeah. written by these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so you yeah. can't forget the past either. Yeah, you, you got to give them their due credit. 100%. And that's what I was expecting the people last... People are so quick to just be like, you oh. chump. You know what I mean? To chump these guys. Oh, just like... Makes no fool sense. Them. And I, yeah. I, that's why I was expecting the last um, episode that was all like special features. Mm-hmm. I was expecting like a retrospective on the whole series where they go... <laughs> yeah. I was expecting like appendices where they made me cry and Dan and Dave... Talking heads with the actors. Talking yes. heads with Dan and Dave. Much yes. like, like a bigger version of those behind the episodes they've been doing on YouTube. Exactly. Where they go through the whole season and they go... Scene know, by scene. Yes, go season by season. The expansion of the show. Yes. What we got was three... Like a camera going around behind season eight following... Following people who... Two very, I don't know why we should give a shit about oh, them. Oh, the most obnoxious. God bless them. They're doing their job. I'm sure they're fine people. But fucking... There's a reason they aren't the stars of the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's because they're fucking miserable people to be around. <laughs> Except just, for the black guy. There's just stuff in there where I'm like... You could have done... It feels like you had access to do anything. Or maybe that's the problem they didn't. Maybe the problem is... It felt like they, they did it, it. felt like they were hired to do a documentary and they're like trying to get A-list people to be in it and everyone just said, fuck you. Yeah. That's what it felt like. And there's like, uh, I guess we'll follow some extras around. Like all of the shots <laughs> felt like this guy was like sneaking behind right. the scenes with the camera yeah, he was it so, it was it so far like behind a, a and zoomed in. undercover. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like... Following that one extra, that guy who I guess is kind of famous the, now. Yeah, the guy who was the Stark. <laughs> I there's some, okay before that, one of the fucking most crazy, craziest shits ever. Where I'm just like, you're just. It feels like you're. This feels like the most cuttable thing ever. Where they're talking to literally a guy who's constructing a weirwood tree. You see a shot of him. He's up in a forklift. He's wearing a yellow vest. And he's drilling in fake Safety branches. Safety vest, hard hat. Yeah, he's literally drilling in fake branches into this fake tree. And then they fucking start interviewing. Like he's still in the forklift. There's a camera's pant, like kind of pointing up at him. It's like they were like, "Hey, hey!" And he had to turn off his equipment and be like, "Yeah, yeah." And he had to go down there. And he's just talking about what he thinks the weirwood tree is. Yeah, it's just a magic tree, isn't it? (laughs) Magic tree with a face. It felt like a mockumentary. I I think it's called Magic Powers. Yeah, it felt like a mockumentary. It felt like fucking Flight of the Concords. Yeah, where I was waiting for this like emotionally heavy stuff, and then it's like cutting behind the scenes and being like, "You guys know what a club sandwich is? Chicken, lettuce, under bacon." Every day's a school day, boys. <laughs> Back to school. Or, yeah. Every day's a school day is probably the line. Oh, that Where was like, that made me laugh so hard. I'm like, why did they put that in there? Why did they put this guy describing a club sandwich? Right? <laughs> like, what in the it? fucking behind the scenes. That makes zero sense. Not even have have one of the C characters talking yeah. about a club sandwich. That would be fine, you know? But it's an extra talking to other extras. <laughs> talking to other extras. And then, about- like, you could tell it's so funny. Like, God bless him, because it's like... You could tell the 
that being extra in the show means a lot to him. Yeah, but no, he, just like there, he does get a few moments where, like, when he wraps up, it's his last scene. Yeah. But it's also Kid Harrington's last scene and Davos's <laughs> last scene and Grey Worm's last scene. So, like, that's a wrap on Grey Worm, Davos, and Kid Harrington. And it's also a wrap on him, but he, oh, of course he doesn't get mentioned, right? Yeah. And then Kit does a... It's funny because I saw people describe Kit's speech as like emotional last <laughs> speech of Kit Harrington. I was like, this. I was like, this was the stupidest last speech. It, this documentary made me think Kit Harrington's dumb. He's a dumb guy. Kit Harrington just signed into rehab for alcohol abuse. It, I think he was fucking drunk that last. Day. He, was, he was like, he's like, uh, this is. I can't remember his speech was something like, uh, this is more than a show to me. Uh, I love this show more than anything. <laughs> And he wasn't even or like, more than a job to me. I love this show more than anything. And people are like emotional speech. I'm like, it's gobbledygook. It's a go- it's a trash speech. It's like it's like that's me when uh, I'm like having a nice moment with Jamie. Yeah, and she's like, I I I love a certain. She says something like, I love a certain thing about me. Mm-hmm. And I got nothing. I just have a blank head because I'm tired or something. And I just go, oh, I love you more than anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it's like, like, and no one's even like, I think it's Dan or maybe Dave who's on set giving yeah. the final speech. And it's really lackluster. He doesn't even seem into it. Or it's like, <laughs> our big joke is right, like, last day. Dan and Dave are just behind the scenes doing bog hoots and just not giving a shit. Everyone's working around them. Yeah. Everyone's working, like, all the crew members are, like, working these crazy, grueling days. And Dan and Dave are just in the trailer ripping bong hoots, playing guitar. <laughs> and it's Dave's like, playing his Fender Telecaster, just ripping his white Fender Telecaster. And he's like, fucking A, these explosions look fucking sweet. Can you wait for that last day where we get a just black? I bask in the glory of all this. <laughs> yeah. It's like me. Yeah. Or it's like, can you believe how much happiness I brought all you guys? <laughs> and as much as we sucked the dick of the writing of the show just now, there was a scene in there, like the only scene with any stars in it. They're doing the table read. Mm-hmm. And this fucking guy is reading a script. Oh. And it was just, the writing seemed really, I don't know if he was reading, if he was fucking ad-libbing. But the writing seemed really shitty. It was shitty, and it was, like, up its own ass. Yeah. <laughs> he was referencing, like, moments of the show where you had to be a fan of the show if you were reading the script yeah. to even get what he was referencing. It's like, he's fighting with the strength of ten Hodors. Yeah, yeah it, it was something like, like that. that. And you're like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah, like, this is the script? <laughs> and and they're... Kid Harrington's reacting so fucking big. He's like oh. a YouTube fucking... I think he's dumb. I think he's a dumb actor. He's right? like a YouTube fucking like guy who plays like video games for a living <laughs> where he's reading the last script and it's like... And he holds Danny in her arms and Kid fucking flies back in his chair and holds his head and <laughs> Sansa's right next to him. She, just, she almost looks like... He's like a 19-year-old girl. Yeah. He was acting like a normal human. He was just like, all right, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Kid's freaking out like, oh, doing these big reactions. Like, it's like the thing like... He got the script probably like a month in advance. Yeah. And <laughs> like... Oh, <laughs> it was... It was a weird episode. Uh, that was oh. the worst episode, was the behind-the-scenes episode. <laughs> and then, oh, one more fucking moment. There's another thing that made me think Kit Harrington's dumb. Like, every moment where they do get some big star moments, mm-hmm. every time they get a Kit Harrington moment, I'm like, this guy's fucking retarded. He's, 
sitting there and he's getting his hair and makeup done with the actress who plays Danny, Danny and they're in the same trailer. Yeah, Amelia Clark. And Amelia Clark's not saying a fucking word and Kid Hair just is mumbling <laughs> on about nonsense. Rambling. Rambling. And at one point he's just time for my vocal warm-ups. John Snow, John Snow, John Snow, John Snow, John And Emily Clark has this fucking look on her face like she's heard it a billion times. Oh, she has a fake smile, like a uh, fake laugh. Like, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. And it's just like, you know this is every one of her fucking mornings. It's just oh. And he's like, oh, he's like walking around in my house. Was he said he was walking out of the shower? He's getting out of the shower and a drone flew by. He was just talking mud, man. He was just. <laughs> He was shooting blanks at the barn for 10 minutes. He probably just comes in just loaded. Which probably I d- loaded on pain pills and alcohol. And Which, he's just like, hey, I'm a, ram- I'm a rambler in quiet conversations because I don't like quiet either. I get that. But seeing it from a camera, I'm going to say it's fucking too much. Right? <laughs> it's too much where it's just like it looks early in the morning. It would have been so interesting just to see Kid Harrington be like, because it's like, you fucking love him as Jon Snow. You're pulling for him. You think he's like the coolest guy ever. It's almost like it would be way more fascinating to follow him around and be like, this is what he's like in real life. What a <laughs> fucking idiot, right? <laughs> it would be so much. It'd be almost like a like a really good documentary to like pull back the veil on actors. Yeah. And have people realize that they're peop- boring people too. He seemed very Just because they can act cool. Doesn't mean they are cool. <laughs> yeah, he's going around being like, oh, right, it's the last day on set. Yeah, what am I doing? <laughs> Another show <laughs> more than like, anything. <laughs> yeah, and it's like that compared to the scene in the appendices. I probably talked about it on this podcast specific uh, times with Frodo saying yeah. goodbye to Peter Jackson at the end yeah. of their last shot and yes. how emotional that is where they don't even say anything they just go up and start crying in each other's arms yes the appendices is like that's special features done right yeah uh-huh. all right should we what do you think should we end it should yeah we it's yeah. how long we've been going we got uh, little visitors everything it's good oh fucking. perfect yeah we're going good all right so that's not feel good people not 96 good people thank you we don't have a sign off do we no goodbye yeah. Love this podcast. <laughs> Come more in. Th- more than anything. <laughs>